right, welcome back into the home of Sooner fans. Anything else, Josh, before we take a pause from hoops after our full hour-long reaction to last night's tough loss in the LNC? You asked the question, why? Why does everybody respond? And I shouldn't say everybody. A lot of people, right? Why do you get that loud response? Well, that's it for me. I'm not going back. And uh, I, I really just think it's fans feel like they're told and told and told, hey, come to the LNC, come to the LNC, support this team, support this team. And then they do, and, and, it, and it doesn't work out. So, and, and I don't think it's more complex than that. I, think it's, I don't think it is either. That, that's it. That's, that's why you get that response. I, I, I will say, I get a little over the top. That's fine. I'm sure I'm the same way when the Raiders lose. But still got a long way to go in this season. I think they're pretty good, man. Again, that's the kind of team Texas was thought was thought of in the preseason, and their pieces hadn't really come together. Well, you played a bad 12 minutes. And you and played a terrible 12 minutes. You know, I mean, it, it is what it is. Against a good team, a very good team. So, it's uh, again, it's amplified because it's Texas, because of the – situation at the LNC and the fans mm-hmm. showing up but let's let's see what happens yeah. to end this week right you go beat Texas Tech and play well and then next week you go to Manhattan and beat a good K-State team mm-hmm. maybe you go do what Kansas couldn't do and go win at UCF and all of a sudden there's a much different feeling a week and a half from now I, I also I'm, I'm not laughing at anyone I'm laughing with you because it's it's hilarious to me you get a lot of people that are in there, right? And they hadn't been in a while, and they're like, well, this place hasn't changed. I mean, what, what do you what you expect? That magically they just added a whole nother level to it? There's There hasn't been a renovation there in a minute outside of some of the locker room and team areas. You know, it's, and I say this about, I'm like, you know, that Texas team, it's a talented team. Might be, might be if you were to ask the people that cover hoops, right? If you were to ask people that do don't just watch like one game a week or something like that that cover hoops. There's many that feel this Texas team is the most talented in the Big 12. Many. So watch, they'll go lay an egg at BYU and lose by like 15 or something on Saturday night. (laughs) Well, you know, we got to BYU and just couldn't make a shot. Keep the text coming. I got some football stuff to get to here. We talk a little Harbaugh. Um, what else did I have for you? Oh, Roger Kish, OU wrestling coach, is coming up at the bottom of this hour, ten thirty-five for Coach Kish. I, I, in case you can't tell, we're committed to covering all the sports here on the Ref, and I got OU women's gymnastics tickets that we'll give away. In fact, uh, let's do a couple pair this hour to try to let's let's change the vibes, Josh. Yes, let's get some good vibes here, okay? We must, I mean, we must be optimistic. I've been called an apologist and an idiot and a moron so far on the text line. Let's change the juice here today, shall we? Um, if you want a pair of tickets to, to Friday night's OU Women's Gymnastics Home Opener, all you have to do is text Women's Gym. Well, no, hold on. Let's not do that. that that's a little bit much. Hang on. If hold you're on. sending that text, don't Don't second. do it yet. Don't do it yet. Um, why don't you send KJ? You send a text to KJ. 
405. Hey, don't send it to KJ. Send a text. <laughs> send says it KJ. to us. At 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. And we'll pull a handful of winners before Coach Kish joins us. But, again, if you're somebody that just likes to win things and you're not going to get to go, don't, 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 don't. Just if you can go. I want to hook you. I want you guys to experience what I think is one of the true hidden gems of college athletics. Speaking of hidden gems, another quick sidebar. I'm full of sidebars for you today. When does the uh, gimme zone return? Uh, that will be, uh, well, it'd be nice if I had a calendar in here. Is it? Is it this weekend? No. Okay. It will be, uh, I believe, February okay, so we, 10th. Well, I say we got a little time. That's right around the corner. Oh, dang. A couple of weeks. A couple. Okay. I want to talk about Nick Dunlap at some point. Can we do that? Sure. I talked to uh, Taylor Zarzer this morning. He covers the uh, PGA and college golf. And I guess this Nick Dunlap decision is a fascinating one going forward, right? If he decides to go make a run at a title this year with his Alabama guys after winning as an amateur, or if he's like, dude, I got like three years. I can play in all these tournaments. I'm just going to go ahead and turn pro now. Tough call. Yeah, that that is uh, always a difficult decision, dude, because you have those – Strong relationships, right? I mean, like when you're playing sure. team golf is different than I'm going to go be out on an island and I've got my team with me, right? My uh, my PR manager and sure. my caddy and, and a number of, number of other people that are a part of your professional team. But it's just different, right? When you're individually going out there every week versus you're part of a team. That's right. So I, uh, I want to be the first ever caller, caller to the uh, – well, I'm not like you'd be the first, but I want to call in and get you, your, your you guys' wanna... take on that. I want to start the show by me calling in. Well, we would love that. That'd be uh, that'd be awesome. Li- let's go to Chris from the bunker. Chris. All right, uh, on line uh, line three, <laughs> line three. So I don't honestly have a lot of portal news for you guys today. I I think it's been very quiet on that front. I feel like two things are happening. I think we're waiting on a hardball decision, which we'll get to coming up in our next segment, and the fallout from that. And for the most part, what Oklahoma's been linked to a couple of offensive linemen out of Washington. But in our Swift Co. daily portal slash roster update here at 10 a.m. every single day on the Plank Show, I, uh, I, I don't really feel like I have anything, dude. And that sucks. Because... I tell you something, um, you get people that are already mad about basketball from last night, and, like, and don't get me started on how we haven't hit on any of these guys that aren't spending an NIL like we should. But as it stands right now, as it stands right now, I think Oklahoma is still in on one or two guys. But I have a portal confession, Josh. Ooh. What is that? I got duped yesterday. Oh, no. I got duped bad. You've been getting duped a lot lately. Is everything okay? Well, here's the thing. Now, now when I say I got duped, I don't – because I'm not going to retweet it. And I'm not going to send it to anyone. It's just – it's me admitting that they got me. Yeah. Yeah, Just be very careful, right? Right. Think before you retweet. 
I don't retweet any of them, usually. I haven't retweeted any of them. The, the last person to do me was Danny. And I don't <laughs> – Danny Stutzman. By the way, sidebar, one of the best things that happened at the uh, Team 129 banquet, I got to meet Scuba Steve. I got to meet Steve Stutzman. How about that? Listens every day. Rock star. He didn't know. I met him when we were in Orlando a couple years ago and I was with Teddy. But you want to talk about a guy that looks like he could still take you out? Steve Stutzman. Take you out. Anyway, here's how I got got. Did you see the Gunner Gundy fake tweet yesterday? I did not. Okay. In fact, as soon as I saw it and as soon as I started to send it to you, I was like, okay, let's do our due diligence. All right, click here. Wow, the name spelled right. And let's go in the mentions. There's a lot of people that seem to be responding to it. All right, I'm going to send it. Then I stopped, and I looked back at the Gunner Gundy Twitter profile, and I noticed that only one person that I follow actually followed this Gunner Gundy. That one person was Tattoo Baker. Yeah, that's, that's a <laughs> dead giveaway and then, right there. And then when I realized that they had Gunner Gundy committed to, wait for it, Alabama, I was like, now it makes perfect sense why he wanted to get out of Ohio. For those that missed it, Gunnar Gundy, uh, Mike's son, Kale's nephew, entered himself back into the portal. This is the second time he's been in the portal in just the last couple of months after he left Oklahoma State, went to Ohio. Maybe once he got there, he's like, Ohio's not for me, whatever it might be. There's not a lot of rules. Go in and out of the portal all you want. But whenever the graphic, it was such a good graphic. This is the second really good graphic that I've fallen for. The last one was the Arch Manning ones. The amount of time that you people are putting into fooling is amazing. If you put your work towards good, we might be able to accomplish something as a society. Now, I, I guess the first trigger should have been that they had Gunnar Gundy committing to Alabama. But I didn't know, Josh. I mean, if you were to tell me that when Michael Penix left Indiana, he was going to end up being a Heisman Trophy candidate, I would have laughed you off the air. Right. I, would have, I would have called you a fool. If you would have told me that Jaden Daniels, after the guy I watched suck at Arizona State, was going to win the Heisman and Mel Kuyper Jr. was going to project him to be the second pick in the draft, I, I, I might have called you the dumbest person I've ever heard in my life. So I'm, I'm hesitant on these now. I'm learning. Bo Nick, same way, from Auburn, Oregon. But then I kind of started digging into the mentions even more, and I realized it was fake. So if you fell for it yesterday, don't worry, you're not alone. But Gunnar Gundy is not going to Alabama. You would have thought that was the first clue, right? But for some reason, I did not fall for it. I, I, I fell for it. I did, that didn't resonate with me. I was, so, I was so sure that it was Tattoo Baker that I sent him a message. I'm like, that had to be you. He he did not claim responsibility. So. Here it is. Did you find it? Is it Committed. still up? Excited to begin the new era. Hashtag Roll Tide. It does look pretty good. Isn't it? It's amazing. Here's another football story for you. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. Uh, and there's a, like, if you look at the responses, it's like, let's go. And then someone's like, <laughs> bro, he doesn't throw with that hand. Not- Welcome to the Bama family. Hashtag. Right. Happy, I, happy to, happy be to have here. you, right? He replied, happy to be here. <laughs> Tony Altimore. Let's let's move away from me being a moron. Tony Altimore as, is a numbers slash kind of TV ratings guy. 
<laughs> he he sells himself as a strategy consultant and is oh he's a Sigma Chi. Let's go. See about getting him on. He dug into the highly concentrated college football viewership numbers. 50% of football viewership in the college ranks comes from just 18 teams. Think about that. 50% of college football viewership comes from 18 teams. Those 18 teams represent, well, I guess, I guess now I've got to do, hold on, i got to do a little different math. Uh, SEC, because I was going to say Big 12, I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. OU Texas, not Big 12. SC, not Pac-12, nor is Oregon. But I guess they they represent two whole conferences and one independent. So the good news is Oklahoma is in this list. But isn't that, isn't that crazy? College football viewership in Nielsen-rated games from 2016 to 2023, over half of the viewers are linked to just 18 of the more than 130 teams. You could probably guess them, right? Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Clemson, Notre Dame, LSU, Penn State, Texas, Auburn, Florida, Wisconsin, Washington, Florida State, Tennessee, USC, Oregon, and Oklahoma. By the way, how could the Pac-12 not survive when they had three of those teams, Josh? How poorly managed were they that they had three of those teams and couldn't get a TV deal? Unbelievable. Well, couldn't get a TV deal that was anywhere comparable to what the Big Ten was going to get. Uh, he was asked about the next five schools and that if because there's a bar graph. I'll retweet it if you guys want to look at it. I mean, it's it's pretty wild and it's very small, SML small. So I've got to you got to click on it and zoom it in a bit because it's a pretty significant drop off after those um, 18. What I say? 18, 18, teams. 18, only 10 percent of total views represent the bottom 71 teams. So there's a stretch in the middle there for programs like Texas A&M, Michigan State, Iowa, TCU, and Oklahoma State. We're among the next in that list. So maybe a little positivity going forward for Big 12 and Oklahoma State fans. I don't think this is breaking news to anyone, right? You kind of felt that way. But I think I'm a little bit surprised by just how significant the drop-off is from those 18 to that next group. And I guess it magnifies how, guys, this is this is what we're going towards. This is what we're headed towards. Um, you talk about, I don't know what the name is going to be for those teams if the NCAA's plan works through, Josh. But they're going to do everything they can to get these these teams on TV on the biggest brands as, as much as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. 
Now, Clemson, Florida State, Miami, they were not a part of the 18? No, no. Clemson and Florida State were. Okay, so they are. Miami, Miami was, was not. not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that, that makes more sense. Sorry, did I did I say they were? I might I might have. Everything runs together. I was trying now. to jot along as uh, as you went. Well, how about this? I'll retweet it. If you haven't seen it yet, it's on my Twitter feed at Plank Show. It's fascinating, and it's you know I I think it's a pretty substantial study. Um, what, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, it's a it's substantial group. set of data. Day, thank you, thank you. Sometimes things like I don't know ratings. Radio ratings can be a very small group of people that decide it for a lot. It's not the most strategically well-evaluated plan. But in this instance, you know, with the way the TV ratings can now be figured out, you're not counting on someone to use a diary or anything of that nature. That's a pretty good sample size. Makes me feel good about Oklahoma's plot in the future. You know, not just in the SEC, but where it's headed as far as the future of college football is concerned. And it magnifies, Josh, just how significant that divide is going to eventually be between the haves and the have-nots. Sure. And then in that, magnify the need to do what? Probably have that new level become a reality. Right? Yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, it's a good indication of, look, here's the programs that typically, first of all, win a lot. Right. Right? It's uh, guess who's watching? Well, those would be fans of teams that mm-hmm. they expect their team to win football games on a regular basis. And then, uh, and then B it's the historical powers and teams that teams that rate really well. Those are the ones that are in the big 10 and sec, which is basically what we knew, but here it is a, a nice, nice condensed, uh, place for you to look at just the fact and the reality of, yes, this is what people are watching. All right, quick break. When we come back right here on the ref, this is the home of sooner fans. Let's talk about the one, what's the term, like hanging Chad? Do we still use that? The one story that still seems to resonate in the coaching circles could finally have some finality, but will it set off another whole set of dominoes? We'll dive into it next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into The Ref. Good response to the gym tickets. You'll find out in moments. If you are a winner with Josh on plank, uh, Roger Kish coming up in a moment real quick before we get USC Brian in here. Hey, Josh, is this the day that Jim Harbaugh finally makes a decision or is this the day when we continue to drag this thing out? That's a, a good looking question. Why? Why, uh, why would today be the day? I don't know. I just saw the report yesterday that said he was having uh, what, what, what did Justina Anderson say? in in-depth talks i mean what goes on in these nfl interviews to where you've already had two interviews and then by the now they're in in-depth talks was I mean, it the, what, wasn't the first talk uh in depth I, I i have been on yeah, listen i've never obviously been on a coaching interview but usually by the first interview i kind of realize whether or not i want that job and i think they kind of figure out if they want me but I've never been in a situation before to where it's like, all right, we're going to have our third conversation. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are we even doing here, man? Yeah, by that point, you now, now you don't want the job because there's been too many meetings. <laughs> I don't even want your job. I don't want your job. I'm tired of it. Okay, here's my question then. Would you expect, A, Michigan to go ahead, 
I know we touched on this a little bit yesterday. Would you expect Michigan to go ahead and have a full-on search where Brian Kelly apparently would be target one, and those who know Brian Kelly claim he'd be interested? Or do you think they'll do the right thing and just make Sharon Moore the guy? No, I think that they'll engage in a full-on coaching search. You have to, right? You're Michigan. You just won a national championship. It's uh, it's a job that can attract the best, and Sharon Moore might be that. Ha- has been tremendous for the Wolverines, but uh, you have to do your due diligence and vet a number of candidates. Agreed. Agreed. But then again, you worry about your roster, man. You go outside, that 30-day window opens up, suddenly you might have guys that don't want to stick around. But you know what's more damaging than initially losing a couple of players off the roster or a lot of number of players off the roster? Settling. Getting the wrong head coach. Yeah. Does Brian Kelly to Michigan make sense to you? Well, I mean, he was pretty successful at Notre Dame, right? Which is, uh, uh, you know, a northern school. So he kind of feels like maybe he's a northern type head coach. I mean, Brian Kelly just about anywhere probably makes some kind of sense. He's a good coach. Yeah, he is. USC Brian has checked in. What's going on, USC Brian? How are you, man? You know it's always good in the neighborhood. And while you was talking about college coaching and everything else, I have to make this statement. Now I have to uh, give that this legal notice. The story you're about to hear is true. Okay. Things have been changed to protect the stupid. Okay. Okay. Now, January 24th, this day, you have to realize that the, that the world of college football is not the old world that people go to bowl games because they, they feel like they've accomplished something because they go to an exhibition bowl game and everything else. Those days are dead, okay? Bottom line is what's going to go on now. That 12-team playoff, you should be on the hot seat because it's all about the money, Plank. Oh, I agree. It, it is, it's always been about the money, but it's even more so now because there's so much more of it. And all the and I can remember hearing coaches say, I'm only playing to, uh, to win my conference championship. They never say that they're going for a national championship. They never said their goal is a national championship. Most of them would say that their goal was a conference champion and everything else. Those days are done. Those days are done. And people need to realize that if your, if your so-called uh, you know, alma mater coach win you at least enough games to get in, get in the sniff of that 12-team playoff, they need to be on the hot seat, period. Because there, it, 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 it's all about the money. And since we see that there are so many other these players are making this NIL money, they won't return on their dollars. Those, the people that, that create these NILs, they want return on their money. You win a national championship, you get that return. If you, even if you get into the playoffs, you get that return. If you don't, you ain't going to get it. So please stop saying, you know, I want to. I want the, the gone are the days where a co- a college coach could stay at a 
alma mater for 10, 12, 15, 20 years. Those days are done. Unless they're winning. Like Nick. Now, if you've got a, now if you've got a Nick Saban, yeah, he could, he could stay there as long as he wants, as long as he's winning. If he ain't winning, he got to go. So, at the end of the day, you know, all these people talking about, oh, oh, I want to see that my team do this, do that. Wrong. Unless they're winning, you can uh, just expect a carousel, you know, a revolving door on your on your on your team because unless they win, they got to go. Yeah. Hey, Brian, appreciate yeah. the phone call. And, and I wonder if 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 that might be something for a guy like a, I just let's use hypothetically a Brian Kelly. Two years, went to an SEC championship game, got himself a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. But he knows that if they slide back even a bit at LSU, Josh, they're going to get toasty. At Michigan, you're sliding in, and they gave Jim Harbaugh, what, eight years? Oh, he's like that. San Francisco 49er uh, fans, and mostly their media homers, like, Jim Harbaugh wears out his welcome. He wears people out. And you're like, Jim Harbaugh has been at Michigan since 2015. Yeah, he's he's had a long tenure now. It's like no, I don't think he does. I think you guys just had an owner that Jim Harbaugh once said no ladies in the locker room. Told him to leave. That might have caused some problems. All right, we got a break. When we come back, Roger Kish will join us. OU wrestling coach right here on the ref. All right, we'll get to your uh, texts. More reaction from the tough loss last night to. Texas coming up right here on The Ref. OU women in action this evening and this Friday. The OU wrestling team finally back home as they square off against Iowa State at 7 o'clock. We are joined by the first-year head coach, Roger Kish. Coach, first of all, uh, congrats on the solid season so far. How nice is it to finally have these guys back home for the first time in 2024? Yeah, hey, well, hey, I appreciate you letting me on here and visit with you. Uh, I tell you what, it's good. It feels good to, to get these guys back home, an atmosphere that uh, these guys are excited for and opportunities to compete in front of their hometown crowd. It's, uh, it's a big deal, and, and I know we're fired up and excited to, to come out and compete here Friday night. So I was just looking over some of the news, and I saw the release about having six Sooners that were included in the initial rankings, three of those inside the top 15 coach. I know everyone wants everyone, right, to be ranked, but how would you feel overall about where your guys were slotted, where they're ranked, and is that important to these dudes at this point of the season? Yeah, you know, it's uh, uh, obviously uh, we're all we're all a bit competitive and selfish. We want to see all 10 of our guys uh, in there inside the top, uh, top 25, top 30. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the squad's making good progress. We've had some great competitions. Uh, we've really challenged them uh, with a with a difficult schedule this year, and in hopes to prepare them for bigger and better uh, events and matches uh, as we approach postseason, Big Twelve and state championships. But proud of of the the growth and development that we've had uh, with a relatively uh, new team, I guess. Right? It's uh, <laughs> yeah. some new faces. These guys are still learning how to to work together and train together and mesh well. And, uh, you know, to, to be, you know, halfway through the season, it's, uh, we're, we're proud of the progress that we've made. We got, we got, we got more steps to, to take here along the way, but it's been, uh, it's been a good, a good, a good start here for, for the Sooner wrestling team. Now there's, and, and there's rules to this. So when you see a guy like Moshe Schwartz, who isn't, I know he's been a little bit dinged up despite winning four of his five matches, haven't yeah. had a chance to see him since December 3rd, Coach. How's he coming along? Is there a chance we're going to see him again here soon? 
Yeah, we're still playing it day by day. Mm. He's uh, he's excited. He's enthusiastic. Uh, of course, wants to be back on the mat immediately, and he's been doing everything he can to achieve that. Uh, when when the appropriate time is, we're not quite certain. Uh, you know, for for when he will arrive back to competition, whether whether this weekend uh, or, or or following that is is really day by day. Uh, but uh, really just working for, for keeping him strong, keeping him healthy, keeping his mind in the right place, and uh, you know trying to, trying to help condition him for, for postseason at the end of the day. And uh, hopefully we can, we can get him healthy and, and excited and get him, get him what, what he needs here for, for success here uh, down, the, down the stretch. So, uh, yeah, time will tell. You mentioned it's a, a pretty new look lineup, right? A lot of transfer guys. Has there, and in your first year, of course, has there been anything – Maybe not just with this team, but with with the job too, and uh, being at Oklahoma, that's kind of surprised you. Has it been about what you expected so far, Coach? Uh, and I know it, you want to win every match, you want all ten of your guys ranked. But has there been anything as you've kind of gone through this process of being the Oklahoma wrestling coach that's uh, surprised you at all, either with this team or kind of maybe even the conference? I, uh, you know, I've been grateful to to spend a number of years uh, working with the Big Twelve Conference. Um, in terms of any big surprises, I don't know if there's any any real surprises. A couple of things I would say uh, that are, are different from my recent post uh, is just the level of excitement surrounding Oklahoma wrestling. I'm really excited that that we have a strong wrestling community, a strong wrestling following here in the state of Oklahoma. Uh, the sport means a lot to our con- uh, our constituents, and and we got a lot of talent. Uh, in in our our high school ranks that uh, that we have opportunities to follow and track and uh, hopefully um, you know provide opportunities for our in-state guys to have success uh, here in the state of Oklahoma at the University of Oklahoma and uh, and that's really exciting you know I don't know if uh, there's a whole lot of states out there that that have a community of wrestling as strong as we do here in Oklahoma and that's something to to, to be proud of and and that's been one of the one of the greatest. Uh, you know, additions to, to this to this position that uh, I'm really happy, really excited for. Stephen Buchanan, man, yeah. uh, what a season for him. <laughs> Where uh, what's kind of stood out about his great start? Number two, rank 197. Get him in from Wyoming. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. Yeah, he's a heck of a talented kid. He's uh, he's you know, uh, it, it's funny you say it because he. I'm just uh, I'm just passing through uh, <laughs> the arena right now, and, and and I'm watching him in the wrestling room. So. Uh, he's in there working as we speak. It's it's fun to see, but uh, you know he's an unbelievable talent. He's a, incredibly competitive. He wants to have success. He has such a uh, such a strong mind when it comes to wrestling and and how he he can almost articulate the the positions uh, as he works through them and we discuss them. And uh, you know he's he's got a very high wrestling IQ, and you pair that with how competitive he is with how athletic he is. There's uh, certainly no doubt that uh, he's, he's going to be a successful athlete and, and young man. But, you know, you, you take a guy like Steve Buchanan, uh, it, his, his goal is to, to win an NCAA title. And that's, you know, I think 197 pounds is one of the most competitive weights in the country. And, uh, you know, his, his goal is to win a title. And, you know, I think anything less than that would be, would be a tough year for him. So, that's the goal, and, and that's what we're working towards. And he's uh, he's responded very well uh, up to this point. But we still got we still got a lot of a lot of work to do. 
Those big guys, you do have some talent. And I feel like every time I get to talk to you, I've got to brag on Josh Heinzelman, who yeah. is just – he's a bull, I think, is country-fed, right? But I feel like and, – and, again, I don't know what I'm talking about a lot of times when I say technically, right? I, sure. I, I, I follow your lead, and I listen to Coach Spates on the broadcast. But yeah, it, it, just, yeah. it just seems technically, Coach Kish, he's improved under you. What's kind of been your focus in getting the most out of Josh Heinzelman that you can? Well, I tell you what, I, I, I'd love to take the credit, but um, I'm really grateful. We have a great coaching staff. Uh, he's, he's got an opportunity to, to work with our, our upper weight coach, uh, Austin Marsden. He's a multiple All-American, a multiple Big 12 champion. He's had a number uh, of, of accolades behind him throughout his career. And he has the opportunity to work with him right now. In fact, I was telling you about Stephen working. He's, in fact, on the mats with, with Heinzelman, and they're both working together with Coach Marsden as we speak. So and, cool. uh, you know, you, you, you pair that work ethic with, uh, with a kid who, who has, has big, big goals, big ambitions in the sport of wrestling. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, he's a very sharp kid. He's very smart. His wrestling IQ is through the roof. He understands what it takes to win. And, uh, you know, just having the confidence and, and being able to provide him a platform and a structure of, of technical uh, aspects and elements of the game that we believe he can, he can thrive in. And uh, he's really taken it, and he's, he's, he's grown it and developed it. And, uh, you know, he's, he's much more offensive today than he, he, he was a couple months ago. And that's, that's been really breeding confidence for him. And that's, that's why he's had the success he's had, I, I believe. I saw Conrad Hendrickson got that win over Navy on uh, was that this past weekend. Uh, yeah. Obviously, in the in the lighter weight classes, that's an area where you like to set a tone. Uh, where have you seen him improve? What's what's kind of stood out about uh, Conrad as this season has progressed and his kind of unique base that he has? Oh, I tell you what, he uh, Conrad Hendrickson. He is just uh, a delightful kid to be around. He's he's. He loves the sport of wrestling. You know, he's extremely passionate about about wrestling and learning and developing. And and he's one of our mat rats. He loves being in the uh, wrestling room. He, he he just loves being on the mats, working through techniques. And when he's not even working or wrestling, he's in the wrestling room playing games and 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 dragging guys in with him. So as a young kid, his enthusiasm has has been just so contagious for these guys. And uh, you know, it's it's nice to have that. Uh, that type of atmosphere created around around a sport is is you know challenging as wrestling can be. So uh, he he finds ways to keep it light, keep it exciting, has fun a lot of the times, and it's been yeah he's just a pleasure. But technically, you know he he finds one little uh, one little uh, gap in his wrestling that he tries to to fill in uh, every day every week. And uh, again, we've been fortunate to, to have a real strong coaching staff here. He works a, a ton with Coach Ware, Coach Sakura. And, uh, you know, they just they make small adjustments week to week, and it's really been building uh, throughout the, the course of the season. So we're really excited to see what he can do here in the home stretch. We're not messing around on Friday night. Iowa State's coming to town. Yep. They're, they're yep. really, really good. What have you seen from the Cyclones as you, as you guys are prepared for Friday night? <laughs> we see a really, really good team. <laughs> you know, Iowa State is – uh, they have a ton of history and tradition amongst the program, and uh, they're probably at a point right now uh, this year to to produce one of the the best teams they've seen in a couple decades. Uh, and and they they are extremely talented. 
uh, top to bottom, a number of, of individuals that have, have seen and had a ton of success along the way. So there's absolutely no doubt in our minds that uh, those guys are coming to, to Norman here on Friday night to, to bring it. And, and, and our goal here is our goal here is the fight. We're going to figure out how good they really are. And uh, at the end of the day, we're going to fight. And we're going to we're going to put it to the test how good they are. I, I feel like I, I ask you this, too, every time, and I ask every coach, but it's competitive on campus. There's a, a women's gym match, uh, a meet, excuse me, on Friday night as well. But uh, there, there's plenty of, of seats to go around inside McCaslin and inside the LNC. Yeah. And yeah. to me, I, I love – I love watching the home wrestling meets because the fans, they can really make a difference, Coach, just the importance mm-hmm. of having a great crowd and feeding off that energy. Exactly. And I, I tell you what, uh, you know, I don't think there was a better atmosphere uh, in Norman, Oklahoma, than, you know, when we, we hosted Oklahoma State and, yeah. and just to find, you know, uh, standing room only. And, and, and McCaslin Fieldhouse is an incredible venue here to to compete at, and it's, it gets loud and it gets tight and it makes it uh, really challenging for the opponents. And, and certainly provides a boost of energy for your home team. So we're really excited about that. But it goes back to the, the, the community, right? There's a lot of uh, events going on right here at the University of Oklahoma. And, and at the end of the day, we're confident our, our wrestling uh, community, they, they show up. And that's, that's one of the biggest blessings here uh, in Oklahoma. You're the man. Coach, best of luck on Friday night. Look forward to talking to you again soon. And as always, I appreciate your time. Hey, you bet. I appreciate it. We'll talk soon. I see you, buddy. Roger Kish. Head wrestling coach at Oklahoma. By the way, guy from Parts Unknown. That is very well done. Hits up the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Mid-interview, Chris asks this. So, Coach, how come none of your guys utilize the elbow smash? Elbow drop, guy. Elbow drop. Come on, buddy. Correct him now. When, why don't you have more tag team matches, Coach? I mean, come on. Do you worry about interference from the other team's manager? What is the key to this ladder match? <laughs> How much are you able to work on table ladders and chairs matches? <laughs> I, I got to tell you something, man. I told you guys this. This happens every year. I get to do one wrestling match, and I get eaten up with it because I love the sport. And I think part of it is because when I was a kid – uh, my my high school the high school football coach at Roxanne Charlie Rage said I bet you'd be a great wrestler Plank and my mom would never let me wrestle so I never got to find out so in my head Josh if I just would have been able to wrestle maybe I would have had a college scholarship oh man you, you, totally different path <laughs> <laughs> all right quick break really really good text to get to we got our top five stories of the day right around the corner is the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Josh, because I know we only got four minutes. Um, and our top five stories today are coming up. I got into it, and I can't believe I forgot you weren't here on Monday. We were joking during the break about how whenever I'm in my the uh, Washington Goldsby Studios of the Plank Show, mm-hmm. how the TV is like right in my face, so I can't avoid what's on TV. And I've had get up on the last couple of days. And the whole show has basically been, does does Josh Allen suck? How bad is Josh Allen? Josh Allen is terrible. Then when they're done talking about Josh Allen, it's why is Brock Purdy so bad? Is Brock Purdy bad? What's going on with Brock Purdy? And there's like, 
well, there's like four teams that are left. I mean, I, we can talk about more. But Arnie and I on Friday night, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday night, got mm-hmm. into it because he's like, here's what I know. I know that you can get to the Super Bowl without having an elite quarterback. You can make a run in the playoffs without having an elite quarterback because Jared Goff is doing this and Brock Purdy. And I'm like, well, you know, Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are in the other championship game. Well, and if you want to say that Jared Goff's not elite, okay, fine. Jared Goff's a very good quarterback. Jared, Jared Goff was the top pick in the NFL draft. Purdy, okay, I'll, I'll entertain the conversation there for Mr. Irrelevant, but acting like Jared Goff is some bum because yeah. L.A. didn't want him is, yeah. is not correct. And, and I would also add, do we just wake up every morning and decide that every quarterback in the NFL sucks outside of like Mahomes? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does appear so. And then if Mahomes has a bad stretch, like, I mean, let's face it, he did when they the Raiders got their win. I mean, really – the back half of this season. Right. He's like, well, what's wrong with Mahomes? <laughs> Is Mahomes overrated? <laughs> Did we overrate him? I, every so often I'm like, y'all know there's a game that's going to happen this weekend. So we, A, don't have to worry about spending all week talking about Josh Allen. And, B, there's more players than just Brock Purdy this weekend. My daughter last night was giving me the lowdown on the relationship between Travis Kelsey and course taylor swift i looked at her and she's telling me she's like you know her and donna kels are really tight i'm like you know it's kelsey she's like actually it's pronounced kels and everyone says kelsey and a tear came to my eye i was like so proud of you that's right baby how did you know uh, in this house i need you to understand it's kelsey Kelsey. and don't you dare mispronounce it again (laughs) And and then i guess there was a there was a reddit meltdown from swifties who didn't understand the ball getting fumbled out the The touchback yeah that's great. We'll hit that at our top. No, not not the Swifties. I wouldn't make anyone mad. Top five stories today coming up next.